If you're not receiving my weekly email, you are missing out. Every single week, I sit down and I write a value-packed, thoughtful letter to you. Head to stacyennis.com join, and when you join, I will also send you access to a hidden and amazing resources page. Plus, you'll get emails from me every single week providing links to valuable resources like my podcast or blogs that have come out or new guides or other resources I create. You don't want to miss out. Head to stacyennis.com join and I'll see you in your inbox. Welcome to Beyond Better, a podcast that explores a simple but profound idea. We all deserve to live lives we love. And that includes our work lives too. I'm Stacy Ennis, an author and longtime location independent entrepreneur living in Portugal with my family of four. Join me as I talk business, location independence, writing, travel, and so much more, all focused on building a life that is beyond better. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited today to welcome Octavia Connor to talk all about money and all things related to profitability. We're even going to touch on taxes. And I'm especially excited because I have never done an episode that is so narrowly focused on money, cash flow, and I'm certain we'll touch on money mindset too. So before I officially welcome Octavia, I'd like to read you her phenomenal bio. Octavia Connor has been quoted in Forbes and featured in Afrotech and Intuit. Selected as a top 50 accountant in North America for two consecutive years and an award-winning best-selling author and professional speaker, Octavia combines over 20 years of business, accounting, and financial experience. Octavia, I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. I'm super excited about this interview. I am, I'm so excited and I'm especially excited because you have this really niche area of expertise, helping consultants scale to seven figures. And I would love to know a little bit of your backstory. I know you have these 20 years of experience, um, but tell me a little bit of your backstory and what led you into the work that you do today. Well, I've been an accountant, honestly, since I graduated high school, right? And I just, I've always loved numbers. And I started in the corporate accounting world and I climbed the corporate ladder and I became a CFO of a pharmaceutical company. And honestly, it got to the point where I felt a little like everything is the same all the time. And I wanted to be able to create things and in corporate, you do the same thing every single week, every single month. And if you create a new system, by the time it gets to the people in charge, it has been changed. And it was like, ugh, I, I'm kind of like tired of this. So I started working with my sister um, who was expanding her business. And I often say that was when I was bit by the entrepreneur bug. And I started to go to events and she was referring people to me and I was meeting new businesses. And I was like, you know what? I think this is a game changer. I helped her double her company within about a year. And I had helped other businesses. And I just, you know, started to kind of pray and was like, 
is this for me? Is entrepreneurship for me? And I jumped out there on faith and the rest is sort of history. I went through, you know, a, a stage that I call broke, busted and disgusted, but it didn't end there. I received a breakthrough and here we are today. I would love to hear a little bit more about that if you're willing to share, because I feel like so many of our stories and I, I'm guilt, guilty as charged, right? Focus on where we are today and we don't share enough about that backstory. And, and I think especially for listeners, many of them are broke, busted and disgusted right now, right? So I'd love to talk a little bit about that. You don't have to share specifics, but how did you get out of that? Like, Because I know it had to be a lot of mindset, but then that also requires action. So tell me a little bit about that growth period for you and what enabled you to get to just this really cool business that you run today and helping other people build cool businesses. I honestly don't mind sharing that story at all because I feel like you, it will help other business owners because again, it didn't stop there. But one of the things I did after I started to pray and seek guidance on if I should go into the world of entrepreneurship, I just jumped out there, right? And I jumped out there with no plan, no strategy. I figured since I am the CFO of this billion dollar pharmaceutical company and I've helped them get there over the years, I know for sure I can do the same thing for myself, right? And that's what I was going off of. And I jumped out there, but what I did not do, again, when I went into the world of entrepreneurship full-time, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a savings account. And there's a huge difference between being an employee and being a CEO. And when I jumped out into the world of entrepreneurship within like 12 months, I went from earning six figures as a CFO or really close to six figures as a CFO of that company to having literally a negative for a $52 in my bank account. Hmm. It was bad. Wow. It was bad, bad. Wow. <laughs> it was really bad. And um, honestly, I had to take a step back. I was like, I know entrepreneurship is for me, but what's, what's going on? You know, I had just built a house from the ground up. I had just bought a truck. I was hiding my truck in the garage. We were like two months away from foreclosure. I was crying on my porch. Like it was really, really bad. But what I knew was that I can always go back to corporate America and start over. So that's what I did. I found me a part-time accounting job, but I still work my business. And when I went back to corporate America, I started to work on my money mindset. I had a lot of money blocks mm. that was hindering me from managing my own money. It was, it was funny because I could manage the money for the companies and my clients, but I would spend the money before it hit my bank account. I wasn't pricing my services for profit. I wasn't understanding how to operate as a CEO. It was more of, I have this business. I want to work with business owners and just pay me something. <laughs> and when I went back to corporate America, I started to study what successful CEOs were doing and I made sure that I did the exact same thing. And every day I did money mindset work, like visual affirmations, visual uh, vision boards, where it would play like with music and things like that, that helped me really shift my mindset. 
And after about 14 to 16 months, I went back to full-time entrepreneurship as a six-figure business owner. Mm. And if you feel like, I, what I guess reflecting back, what I'm hearing is that though, well, there were two things. One, you built your cushion back up. So you, you were able to go back into, into taking another risk, but you did it wiser than before. And then the other side of it is that you prepared your mindset to take on, especially after having, you know, quote unquote failed, which like personally I embrace failure. I think it's one of our greatest teachers. So I don't mind admitting the many times I've failed, but sometimes, you know, when that happens, you can be gun shy, right? Like you're afraid to go back into the same scenario and fail again, but you spent all of that time building up your mindset. I'm curious if you remember any of those mantras that you were, you know, repeating that we could share with listeners. Absolutely. Some of them I still repeat to this day. Um, one of the affirmations that I say all the time is I am powerful than I think. And I'll just tell myself that another thing that has really, really helped me anytime I help a client um, cross the six figure or seven figure mark or, you know, have what we call endless cash flow. I will print that out, their testimony or or video. Like now we do a lot of um, client video testimonies, but I would print out exactly what they said that I did and I'll put it up on my wall and before meeting I'll look up like now I'll look up and, and I'll just be like you did that you did that so if you can do it one time you can do it again mm, I love um that. what else I would say um money is my friend and it wants to come to me um let's see I'm trying to think of some other things Nothing is impossible if I believe it, it wasn't anything um, like extravagant. It was just more of encouragement for myself that you got this. You can do this. Have the confidence in yourself. Have the faith in yourself. You got this far. Right. The road is not not ending now. Keep going. And another thing I would do, um, I would ask myself when I was when it was a goal for me to get to six figures. I would say, what would the six figure Octavia do? And then the goal was for me to get to seven figures. I would say in this moment, what would the seven figure, what would the millionaire Octavia do? And whatever came to mind, I would do that. And when I started to think like that and started to operate like that, I would reach money milestones much faster because in my mind, I was operating like the seven figure Octavia. So then seven figures, started to come to me. I love that so much. And I mean, there's good science behind this too, right? That we actually have a lot more control over our, our experiences in the world than we think we do. And a lot of that is our own perception, but you intentionally stepped in and shaped that perception. So I hope anybody listening to this, if you need to, you know, go back two minutes and write down some of these mantras that she shared. And personally, I have a couple on sticky notes that are on my computer monitor that are great reminders. I have books of my students and clients on the shelf, people that I've helped, you know, through that journey of authorhood. And uh, I have a file on my computer of work emails that bring me joy is the title of it. So anytime I need it, I can just go in and read the messages that I've received from people. And, you know, we all go through those, even when you're 
you know, outwardly successful, we all have challenging times that we go through, whether it's in business or personal. So I love this idea of like proactively building positivity around you. It's so good. Um, I know that there are people listening who are in very different stages. So I know many listeners are, they desire to build a business. I know some are in early stages and they're wanting to hit those six figures. And then some are in those, you know, six figures and they're looking to grow to seven figures. So what I would love to know um, specifically, I'm going to connect to a pain point that I believe that they all share or many of them share, which is cash flow. And um, to your point earlier, even starting a business and having that savings set up to support the dream. When you're building the six figures, being able to have stability in your in your cash so that you can continue to grow. And when you're building the seven figures, having stability in your cash so that you can make the investments that you need to make in order to scale your business. I would love to hear from you some of your um, insights on, you know, if somebody is struggling in the area of cash flow at any of those stages, what are some practical pieces of advice that, or even mindset shifts that you can offer them? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is for you to create a budget, create a budget, and it's going to be, I would say, two different budgets, depending on where you are in your journey, right? So if you're just starting out and you're wanting to go into full-time entrepreneurship, you're going to create a personal budget and a business budget. And when you create these budgets, you're going to get the bottom line number. What is the amount needed in order for you to become a full-time entrepreneur and not have any problems? So what are your expenses for your personal? What are your expenses for your business just starting out? Once you get that number, your goal will then be to save at least two to six months worth of that in a separate account. That was one of the things that I did before I decided to go back into full-time entrepreneurship because I didn't do that before. I got my last paycheck and I was like, I'm an entrepreneur now. Hey, that's that's where I'm going, right? But when I went back, I saved six months worth of my personal expenses and my business expenses, right? So that's the first step. The second step, once you have saved that amount of money, the next thing that you want to do as you're operating your business, you always want to come below your budget for your expenses. And if you've added a certain revenue amount, you want to come above that for the revenue amount. And you want to make sure that you never, ever, ever exceed your expense amount for each line item that you always come below that amount. And then the third thing that you want to do when you've identified the amount of money that you need every single month in your business, you also look at your services and products and determine based on needing this dollar, based on my services and or products costing this amount, I need to sell this number of items in order to reach this monthly revenue goal. And then, then you'd put the action behind it. You go out there, you work, and you do whatever you need to do to sell that number of items at a very minimum so that you reach your revenue goal every single month. Octavia, you make this sound like it's step-by-step and simple, like the way that you're describing it. But 
we both know that it's not so easy, right? And I, I would say we have so many parallels in our work, even though they're totally different industries, because people that I have the honor of supporting want to write books, but they don't want to sit down and write, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's like this cute saying, I want to have written a book, which is, uh, you know, but, you know, they have a goal, they have a dream, they have a desire to do this, but, and really doing it is much more about discipline and consistency than it is about talent and skill. And I'm curious in your work because, you know, because I, I feel like when you describe that, it's like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I would bet that the vast majority of people that hear you describe that are not actually going to go and do that after they listen to you, tell them what to do to be successful with cash flow. So Mm -hmm. I imagine a lot of your work is helping people even get over those like internal roadblocks to action. Can you talk a little bit about that? And maybe you could even share to the level that you can a story or example of how somebody has been able to go from like, I don't even want to deal with it. I'm overwhelmed to sitting in a place of peace and profitability and just being content and um, yeah, I think peace is the best word that I could use to describe that future state. I love this question. The first thing I will say is massive action will equal massive results, right? That's number one. Number two, it has to be the right action, right? So if you know that it's going to take for you to sell this amount or these many books in order to reach this goal, you have to create a routine every single day on what you're going to do. I remember when I was writing my book and I wanted to get it written in like three months, like two or three months at that time. Every morning, the routine was from, it was like six in the morning to eight, I would write. And then after that, whatever else was on the agenda for that day got done. But every morning of the routine, Monday through Friday, six to eight, I would write. And the book was launched by my birthday. So I think I started in like March and my birthday is in May, right? So massive action equal massive results. And then you have to create a routine around the desired success that you want. Perfect example. We had a client that came on board. When we first started working together, she actually was earning money. So she was earning to the tune of about six figures in her business. But the problem was that there was never any cash flow. She was going through like this feast or famine mode consistently in her company. So when we started to work together, one of the things we do with all of our clients is that we do what we call a financial planning session over the next 12 months. No matter what month we start working together, we'll look at the next 12 months. And one of the things we noticed was that she felt the need to spend money all of the time. Like every course, every product, every this, every that, she was investing in it. So what I had her do was before she swiped her card, she had to ask herself one key question, is this truly needed to operate my business, right? And she could only say three things, yes, no, or yes is needed, but what will be the return on the investment? Because sometimes we'll say, oh, yes, this is needed, but then we can't figure out how it's going to help in the end, 
So I told her, I said, well, if you can't figure out how the return on the investment will be before you make the purchase, you cannot make that purchase. And then when her and I would meet on a monthly basis, I would ask her, why did you purchase this? What has the return been? And that allowed her to see that everything that you're spending money on, you don't need it. You really don't need it. And she started to notice that and stop spending an excess amount of money and start to save and keep more money in her business. That's such a great example. I love that so much. Continue. You were going to say something else. No, only thing I was going to say is that it required her to change her money mindset, you know, instead of feeling as if I just, I have to purchase everything. I, I need all of this to grow my business. No, you need to believe in yourself. You need to create a routine. You need to do the actions to bring in more money and stay below your budget. Yes. It's, it's so powerful. I think even the fact that she came in and started paying attention, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I want to back up a little bit, such a great example, but I want to even back up further and talk about habits because I, and you talked about routine, right? But essentially it's habits that you build in a, some kind of routine that you do on a consistent basis. And I love your example about writing because, you know, for my students and clients, this is their number one struggle is finding that time, making that time. And that usually means they have to sacrifice something in yes. some way. It might be Netflix, it might be yep. you know sleep. Uh, hopefully they'll still get adequate sleep. They'll have to go to bed earlier, get up mm-hmm. earlier maybe. It might be um, something else in their life that just gets put on hold. But in order to achieve a goal that is required, you have to develop those habits. And I love your specificity around your writing routine. So I'd love to hear from you. How would you how would you advise somebody about their money habits? What are some money habits that lead to healthy cash flow? What I would advise someone to do is to pay attention to their thoughts and their words around money first, right? If if there's something you truly need and the first thing you you would say is I can't afford that, that's a money belief. Right? So you got to catch that. You got to catch it and you got to fix it immediately. Instead of, I can't afford that, you need to ask yourself, well, if this is really needed, how do I make it happen? So another thing that I would say about cash flow is that I always encourage business owners or those that are you know, going on that journey to forecast your cash position in advance. So what you want to do is understand where you are right now. How much cash do you have coming in? Where is it coming from? How much cash do you have going out? And where is it going? And then look every week from now, at least 13 weeks from today, and ask yourself those same questions. How much is coming in? How much is going out? The reason why you want to do this is because it shifts you from being reactive to being proactive, and it allows you to find money leaks and cash flow mistakes before they occur. So if you're looking 13 weeks in advance, you're able to see, okay, this week is not going to be a lot of money coming in, but it's a lot going out. What changes do I need to make? You're able to spot those things long before they happen so then you can fix them. What have you seen that improving this stress of cash flow, meaning you have more cash flow and you have this like stability and peace there, what does that bring for your clients? Financial peace of mind. 
And what does that mean to them? How does that like, how does that translate into their lives? So I often say if an economic crisis happened, right? Like one that we just experienced and kind of still living in. If something happens, how long will your business last, right? If 50% of your revenue walks out the door, how long will your business last? When you ask yourself those questions and you look at where you are right now, and let's just say you're like, oh my goodness, um, I only would have a month left, right? Based on the money that I have, you know? When you see that, you fix it. So financial peace of mind, we actually have our clients set up an account called the financial peace account. And their goal, we give them based on their finances, based on their business growth and everything, we give them a certain amount that should sit in this account at all times at a very minimum. And what this does is it allows them to have the confidence that when I can pay my team, I can receive a salary as a CEO, and no matter what happens in the world, I can at least last for a minimum of six months if I don't make any more money in my business. That's what getting your cash flow uh, reserve build up and getting your finances in order will do for you. It'll give you that financial peace of mind that you're going to be okay no matter what storms come your way. Mm, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this that are thinking, yes, that sounds amazing and really aspire to that. You know, we talked earlier about different stage business owners, right? Starting out, growing to six figures, growing to seven figures. And I'm curious if you could, you know, wave a magic wand and get one fact into their brains, like they would know this thing and they would know how to implement this thing. What is that one thing that you would hope that all business owners would know and be able to also act on? Hmm. It's so many. The one thing I would say would be to aggressively save. Yeah. I, and it's not something I think that most of us are taught, right? In our, in school, often by our families, even in, I would say even in the entrepreneurial community, it's a lot of it is about like reinvest, reinvest, grow, grow, grow at all costs, take on debt. You know, that's a lot of the message that is given to us. And, and to your point, when we have that financial stability built in every, it's like you can sleep better. You can make wiser mm -hmm. decisions because they're not based on fear. So I love that yes. so much. And if I could add, I, I will definitely say a lot of times we're not taught that, but what I would encourage business owners to do is that no matter how much money you're bringing in, find a percentage of that that you're going to save. And then as you build that habit, increase that percentage. So for every dollar that you earn, you may have to start at 5%. So 5% of that is going to go in a savings account. And once it hits that account, you cannot touch it unless the floor is falling out of your business, right? Then you on that account. And then after you've done that for 90 days, then you increase it to 10%, then 20%, and you keep going from there. So now you're building that habit, you are implementing that routine, and it becomes easier and easier, and you're building your cash flow. And now you're experiencing that financial peace of mind. I love that practical advice. And it makes me think of, again, just bringing it into what I do. You know, a lot of times people I think they have this idea that because they don't have two hours to sit down and write, they just shouldn't even bother. 
Whereas you'd be better off just taking those 10 minutes that you have and showing up consistently. And then over time, you'll find you can build on that. And that's basically what you're saying too, is to get, get started and continue to increase and grow over time. But don't like not do it because you can't go throw, you know, 60 grand into an account, like start where you can, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Octavia, thank you so much for this conversation. I would love to hear a little bit more about how you work with clients and where people can learn more about you. Yes. So the name of the company is Say Yes to Profits, and we focus on empowering six-figure consultants and service-based business owners to manifest, maximize, and maintain profitable million-dollar businesses. What we strive to do is help these six-figure business owners get their finances in order and then leverage that information to scale their company faster. So we combine like the everyday bookkeeping, accounting, the, the things like that. We combine those services with financial coaching and consulting. And as a result, our clients grow faster. So statistically, based on kind of what we have discovered over the last several years, about 90% of our clients grow anywhere between 30% and 350 within 12 months of working with us. And I truly believe, and based on like testimonies and things like that, it's because we combine the financial world, the accounting, bookkeeping with coaching and consulting about the finances. Mm, yes, that accountability, I think, and, and just like how to actually do it is so important. Where can people find you on social and what is your website so that they can look you up? So I am on Instagram at Octavia Connor, and that's Connor with an E-R, Octavia Connor CFO, as well as we have a Say Yes to Profits Instagram. The handle is Say Yes to Profits. And then, of course, our website is SayYesToProfits.com. Octavia, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. This podcast is produced by me, Stacey Ennis. Special thanks to Daniel Alexander for sound editing and Katherine Fishman for project support. These two make the show possible and I'm grateful. You can always access show notes, including any links mentioned in this episode, at stacyennis.com slash podcast. And you can connect with me at stacyennis.com, on Instagram at Stacy Ennis, or on Facebook at Stacy Ennis Creative. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Here's to building lives that are beyond better.